You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. We're hitting that time clock once again for some overtime shift on the Geek's Watch. Ian and Steven are returning to talk about DC Comics Black Label, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, uh, chapter two, uh, book two, chapter book two. two. I'll take either book one. Two, okay. I feel like it's like one and a half. This book is a half book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I definitely got that feel after reading it. Like no, no, no. Like no shots fired. <laughs> Still love this. Uh, I just I feel like this is the worst one for COVID nineteen to have come in and said like no, you guys will wait. 1700 months i don't want a new mutants this thing for issue three of this you know that's fair (laughs) that's fair i like that a lot of the issues that i had in the first one going forward were addressed in this one like (laughs) that had to have been pretty interesting since you both had read it read book two by the time we were doing book one and I hadn't, and knowing that I was like, oh, well, what about, what about how are they going to get to Themyscira? And all of a sudden, Tall is just like, hey, I made you a boat. <laughs> <laughs> just, thanks. <laughs> yeah, the, during all of your life, what what about the, what, uh, I was like, I, I want to tell you. <laughs> I, I, I thought your theories for what the future of the thing was, I remember like when we talked about it, I was like, those are good theories. Those are considerably better than mine. So <laughs> I, th- I think you're you're prepared. <laughs> I was not prepared. Uh, well, I guess we should say right now we're getting into it. There's going to be spoilers for Wonder Woman: Dead Earth Book Two. If you haven't read it yet, you should go read it and come back. It's true. But uh, I was not expecting Hippolyta to quote unquote be alive on Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so. I mean, I, I didn't expect this either. We'll, we'll go through, through the the events after this one. But yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely think there's something odd here. I Reading this issue, I got to a point where I was thinking of, I forget the, the plant thing, the one that like goes on your chest. Oh, the Black Mercy. You, yeah. Shows you everything that you want to see. This is maybe the opposite. Yeah. Or something? I, I don't know. Um, I do also think that there's a little bit of possible credence to the idea that this one is a clone. She does also, to me, look younger. She does. Like, more rounded features and stuff, you mm-hmm. know? So, I don't know. I think that's funny that you bring up the Black Mercury because, like, yeah, um, that's part of DC canon to have a character sit there and live out a 
quote unquote perfect life uh, because a black mercy is attached to them in the real world. This would be the opposite of giving them the worst life. But because of what was that show? Dallas, where there was the whole season where they, they, they took back, they, they uh, uh, retroactively took away the season because it was just a dream. Like that whole thing. Like that's a, it's now a, it's a cliche. It's a tro- it's a terrible trope that people don't allow to to happen that much anymore. Whereas yeah. the was, oh, all the bad things that happened never really happened. It was all just a dream kind of thing. Yeah. No, there is Dallas. There was what was the other one? The the hospital show where the, all the the entire show happens in the kids' mind. Oh, that's Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say Saint Almost Fire. That's not bad. No, that's a movie. No, that's a movie. Uh, and then. Um, well, I forget the other, there's other series where the whole series ends where he wakes up and he's like in bed, um, in like the previous series that he had been in with somebody. Oh, that's Bob Newhart. Cause yeah, it, yeah it was the Bob Newhart show and then the Bob new and then Bob Newhart and yeah, he wakes up and it's, he's back in the bed of the, I don't remember which one, which previous one came first. Show. Yeah. The previous show. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You're, you're and right. they parodied that for, um, Breaking Bad and everything. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot Which is about great. it. Because he wakes up in the Malcolm in the Middle bed, right? Yep. <laughs> and he's like, that was a terrible man. She's like, Hal, you could never. <laughs> it was never, lovely. I never saw that, but I need to go look into that now because that sounds so good. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so no, um, for this issue, uh, one of the first things that we saw was that we see Diana's training with Nubia who I don't know if she's like a big character in other DC things. I've never heard of the character in Wonder Woman comic books. Not that I've read a lot of comic book, Wonder Woman comic books, but I've never heard of the character. Okay. Ian, any familiarity with the character at all? Nope. <clears throat> like none. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we see the, this kind of like, um, like a person who's just training her to fight different things like that, um, who I'm sure they're playing been plenty of characters that have served in this role when they've shown them in the past, um, if not just uh, actually Hippolyta in some way, shape, or form. Um, but so we, we see her fighting, and she basically, during this fight, loses control of her powers and just kind of like takes a whole chunk off the side of the island. Yeah, um, showing that cliff that right she, now. She's, yeah, I know. She like rips the whole thing off. Um, but we, we see that she is much more powerful than anyone expects her to be, even this person who's training her. Um, and with that, we see, or we get a little bit of an explanation about um, where Diana of this universe is supposed to have come from. And Mitch, you said this was different from previous ideas of her. Yeah, the idea that she ends up, uh, cutting every god's hand after she throws a rager party and gets yeah. them all drunk enough to that they pass out. Like, how much alcohol or slash drugs do you need to have at this party to get a god to be passed out? Like, kind of thing. Uh, all of them. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets them all to pass out, and she takes she cuts each one of their palms to the point where that she gets a, dro- a couple drops of their blood mixes them all together and then thus is the blood of diana so you have the power of all the gods of olympus running through the body of a a tiny little curl that when she gets upset can crack a planet in half or crack crack an (laughs) island in half like yeah that's gonna be pretty like nubia when she's like wait 
Wait, all of them? You did, like you including did what? Zeus? <laughs> Zeus? It's just like, oh yeah, I got I got Zeus mixed up in there. Uh, I do like the reasoning that Hippolyta puts out for that. Like, um, we we like she, she had to be strong of, enough. Yeah, to fight against what the gods did to Hippolyta, which is a time tested kind of idea of that character in general. Yeah. Um. So the idea of of Hippolyta being vengeful is sewn sewn into this here, and then. The idea of Diana's strength being inherent is also here, which is part of what makes me kind of come to more of the idea of this being a clone or some other thing, you know? Right. Because <clears throat> uh, she, she's missing the gauntlets that are classic for her and that are given to her by Nubia in this. Those are also different, you said. Because yeah. I, like, I don't know much about her, and so I take this as like that's what the gospel truth is and you said they're not this <laughs> well like like i said in the last last one uh where we talked about this like the the idea of wonder woman one of her weaknesses her uh quote unquote kryptonite uh was binding if you couldn't bind her if a man were to bind her she would lose her power so they kind of take that into this with uh well we'll put on some bracers on her our arms which in you know normal uh uh, history bracers were to would be to help for your defense, right? To to help protect your wrist. Well, in this, it's it's kind of semi binding her, so she is it's it's numbing her power, so to speak. It's it's bringing her powers down so that she can't uh, punch a mountain in half, kind of thing. It's in into to it's kind of it's 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 the bracers that we saw in Captain Marvel, like in the MCU, like she. She's wearing, or she has those, uh, not bracers, but that thing in the back of her neck that's keeping her from uh, hitting, reaching her full potential power. Like these things are mm-hmm. inhibitors. That's the word I've been looking for this whole time. For the anime nerds, they're Rock Lee's weight. The, the what now? Rock Lee's weight. So that means eventually we're going to get a, at least one or two panels on a page where she's you, taking bracers you, off. They're just crazy through an island because they're so damn heavy and now she's so fast you can't keep up and you can't even track her one of the best moments in all of naruto is this guy he's just like physical specialist everyone else can do like crazy taijutsu ninjutsu all this crazy stuff this guy can only do the physical thing and then at one point he gets in this fight and he starts getting beat up his master's like okay you can do it and you see him like Perk up, and then he just takes off these weight, these things that we've seen him that look like these like yo- like eighties exercise yoga like uh, leg warmers and stuff. He takes them off and he just drops them, and like everyone knows, like their weights at this moment, and they're like, "How much could these weights?" And then they go like, Ooh. and like smoke goes up everywhere, and the guy's just lightning fast, insane fucking scene, so damn cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> i'll send you the clip and you'll be like oh damn <laughs> but yeah so um uh the conversation happens with that and like we're reminded of diana's power um and so after this um everyone's pretty much getting together uh to ship out to go to themiscara everyone's on board with the plan now how long did you guys think had passed in all of this See, Six months. yeah, that's the part that I had a hard time with. Like, 
they aren't telling us exactly where Themyscira is. I mean, this in this universe, it could be just off the coast of North Carolina, right? Kind of thing. We have no mm-hmm. idea. It's usually uh, kind of more Mediterranean Sea uh, thing, especially since it should be close to Greece and Olympus, since that's where all the go- those gods are. But uh, how would you? How long would it take to sail a small boat like that? all the way from the east coast of the united states to greece like it has to it has to take it has to take uh multiple (laughs) months right it has to it has to be forever that would be my idea again like this also i think lends itself to the idea of it being something different than reality yeah like i i don't want to say all this stuff excusing something if it's if that's wrong and then it's just, it's Game of Thrones last couple seasons syndrome. Of fast travel. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want that to be the case. And I give Daniel Warren Johnson more credit than that. But a lot of this seems to go very fast and distance is ignored. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, real fast, you asked how long it took to sail. It would take to sail from, like, East Coast to that part of the world. Um Modern cruise ships do it in about two weeks. Really? Huh. Yes. So it says uh, 12 to 15 days, and that's taking into account two to five stops to resupply and such on the way. Yeah, but that's also a giant cruise ship that's, you know, the size of a skyscraper going across the water, whereas this this small boat, you know, hitting that same those same waves and those same... It's going to take even longer. Yeah, it should take... I mean, so... At, at the most, I guess a month if you don't if you don't die. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that the the plan that they had, which I don't know if this is the case from this read of it, the way that I had processed it was that they took all the people kind of like farther out of stuff to go get them like as far as possible in this with the supplies they had and stuff, and then they were going to. Go, go like in, in going out from the city, they might go to greener pastures while being out there, and then they would take this boat to go to Themyscira and then possibly bring back some sort of help to bring other people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there in a larger group. That's not said though, no. so again, that could be me just like covering up a plot hole. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I mean, even before you get to the part where she, she's heading to Themyscira, like just when they're leaving the coast, I felt like it was. Like sorely irresponsible of Diana to bring this huge group of people, you know, just to a lighthouse and then be like, "Hey, you guys all stay here, not back of the place where you had fortified walls and <laughs> and and shelter, but this open area where there's just the one lighthouse, and wait for me to come back after a couple months, like from sailing to Themyscira and back." Like I was just like, yeah. that seemed like very bad. Like, did they like? It seemed like they got there pretty quick. Yeah. You know, they didn't have like other clothes. They didn't make a point of how long it took for even those people to travel there. So they've got to be close to Themyscira, but how? I also thought that it was interesting because the first book, we we obviously were inside of Wayne Manor, right? So we got Mm -hmm. to see a little bit of the DC universe in, in that. And we get to this lighthouse and yet they don't make a reference of it being like Aquaman's lighthouse, like kind of thing. I I was wondering if that was the case. And if that was the case, if that was Aquaman's lighthouse or even Happy Harbor, where um, the Justice League first set up, they could have 
easily said, hey, there's a uh, boom tube or teleporter that will get us from here to Themyscira. Like, because mm-hmm. the Justice League would definitely have set up like uh, teleporters that would go into Themyscira because so Wonder Woman could get there fast and in and out kind of thing. Yeah. But that didn't happen either. <laughs> yeah, I don't like there's definitely some bits that's like it's like when they make a movie and they have to ignore smartphones now. Yeah. To make a horror movie. Yep. Um, so I don't know if it's that kind of thing. And I hope it's not. Danny Warren Johnson, if you're listening, you're a sweet, sweet, sweet man. Your art's fantastic. Give me some answers in the next issue, man. <laughs> Please. Or, you know, just tweet me some answers. <laughs> yeah. Just open up those DMs. I don't, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for this next episode, like, uh, episode next issue. Yeah, it sounds it, like forever yeah. away. Yeah. Or just hit me on Twitter, man. I'll keep it to myself. I'll uh, share it with Steven because we live in the same house, but like. Get at me. <laughs> Maybe I'll send him to Mitch because he deserves to know now too, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> just as the list gets longer and longer. Okay. But I'll keep it a secret. Maybe, maybe a couple of the people listening right now, I might tell them, but that's it. That's, that's where I draw the line. Uh, so we see them get the supplies um, and they, they get ready to head off to Themyscira. Um, this is the part where we see Diana get the gauntlets. Um, and in this version, they are again restraints to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, before they get to actually head off from this coast that they get to, a massive Hydra, Hydra, however we've decided to say it, um, this massive one attacks mm-hmm. unexpected to them. Uh, it's like a Godzilla sized one, easy. Um, so the the forces that they have with them, the I don't know, what would you say? Like maximum, like a thousand, hundred and twenty men. Oh, oh, you would think a thousand? I I mean, I feel like that that's what I remember. Thaden saying something about a thousand people. Like, oh, like for just the armed people. Oh, just the armed. Yeah, you're probably you're probably closer to being true. It's about 120, okay. 200 people. Like two hundred max. Yeah, like it can't be a massive percentage because we saw so many people that were just there in the crowds before what watching the fights. Um, they try to fight the thing off. They're obviously fighting a losing battle. Uh, and, uh, oh, I, I, sorry, I kind of like, I think I, I passed over a part. Um, she, she talked to Thaden mm-hmm. before, before they left, uh, and kind of gave him a chance to like, I don't know, like a new chance to make good and be helpful if yeah. not being a leader, you know? Yeah. Just to essentially be a part of the group now, like you they, to be like, Hey, look, you know you fucked up and we're in charge, but I, I recognize that you still have some usefulness. Like, do you mm-hmm. want to be a part of us kind of thing? And and honestly, I think the whole the whole thing is, is more of a the writer's uh, way of, of getting dialogue between uh, Diana and Dee so that she can be like, look, yeah. people are still good. Like, if you let them be good, if you give them the opportunity to be good, like... And and to show her, what her compassion part of of Diana, like she's she can't be the warrior all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a scene that I like. Um, I don't, I don't enjoy a lot of DC comics and stuff, mm-hmm. um, or superhero stuff in general. I, I think it's just pretty much run its course for me for a while. You know, um, in this one, I. There's been something that I've responded to in the idea of having a couple like altruistically good characters. Uh, and there were parts in the two spiels uh, in like this issue and then also in the first issue that's like tugging on my heartstrings a little bit at the idea of this 
all, like entirely altruistic character. Even if for some people that's an unrealistic thing and something that we've rebelled against in comics since Watchmen came out, like I like the idea of that character. It's nice to have it back as <laughs> unrealistic in this specific situation as it is. It's nice to have that kind of character be represented. Mm-hmm. Did you? Or th- I don't know how much of Walking Dead that you you guys watched or read, but uh, and I've never read the comic books, but I I watched the show up to I, the one of the most recent seasons. I don't know what we're on right now, but uh, Negan, like I got very much a Negan feel from Thaden of like, you know, you're. I'm going to allow you to be a part of the group because I recognize that you are somewhat of a leader. Like you, these people recognize you kind of, or uh, know you kind of thing. Is that what happens with Negan? Like he gets reintegrated? Yeah. Like I think that's, I didn't what's, know that. that's what's happening in the most recent seasons. I, like, I haven't watched it, but like he, with the, the whispers as they're attacking the group and stuff like that, it seems like they will, they let's let Negan out and see what see what happens kind of thing. Like you you need to be a part of the the community kind of thing. Huh? I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Like I definitely think that's that's definitely the same kind of thing. It's like the classic like Vegeta, Hie, Sasuke. Like it, it's it's your classic anime one. The the previous bad guy is brought on to be a part of good guys. Mm, okay. Um. So you're making anime references to the wrong guy. Yeah, I, sorry, it's, it's what I got. That's okay. <laughs> I, I understand that other people will understand that stuff. Um, so my, yeah, in my okay. my frame of reference for that is is the Fast and the Furious franchise. Everybody that's a bad guy and that becomes part of the family. Even though Jason Statham killed the shit out of people, <laughs> but it's okay. And they're just like, oh, okay. And as we come to know from the preview for the newest one that. Got pushed back a year. Han's alive, so don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I can't forgive him, man. I can't. Um, but yeah, so uh, he, uh, Thaden, he kind of like makes good. And whether that sticks or not, I don't know. Uh, we'll see in coming issues. Well, that's but... kind of the part is like we don't get to see him in the rest of this issue. Like mm-hmm. after the scene, in, in, which they don't even let him out of the cell, like after that panel, what what is going on with him? Like oh, it, we see him. He he's walking with the group. Is he? Yeah, he's walking with the group. And at one point, while they're going through the snow and everything, which I'm assuming is a nuclear winter of some sort, um, she says, "Like I see you looking at me, Thaden," and they have this little exchange. Oh, that's right. You're right. My bad. Um, but no, I mean, even so, like it's still not a lot of seeing this guy. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But yeah, so in his whole make good thing, one of the things that he shares with Diana is that um, there's there's some vehicles with some gasoline and stuff, which I'm assuming they use the gasoline and some of those vehicle parts to make that little boat of theirs. Yeah, probably. Because um, like we don't, like where else do they get that stuff? Well, I just like the tall is just like, oh, I made you this. Uh, I don't really yeah. know what a boat is, but I made it because I'm just good <laughs> at making things. It's like, all right, I guess. Like, I mean. The one thing I would say for that one is that apparently this character is somehow able to open up Bruce's belt, which you know he booby traps. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Like, he has to have booby trapped the shit out of that belt. And Tal's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, counterpoint to that, Bruce could have known he was dying with Diana in the basement, and she'd probably take it, so he disabled all his traps. 
Is it, he, but he that's says, taking a lot of liberty. That's a lot of yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, like you know, brings up the UI in his helmet and says, "Jarvis, Friday, turn off belt protection." I'm sure right? that's, that's that's DC. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah, all DC. Exactly. That's canon. Yeah, hundred percent. No, his his would be called Alf, Alfred, not Jarvis. But like all with dots, it's an acronym. Yeah, exactly. So. Or or it would be called Martha. Oh, jeez. Uh, did you did you guys have a happy Martha's Day? I did. We did. I found um, I found the nearest Batman and I yelled it at him and then he yelled it at me and then we were okay. That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> just, when I when I yelled mine, he asked me why'd you say that name, <laughs> <laughs> and then acted like he was gonna hit me, but then he just like it disappeared into the night, and I was really confused. <laughs> Makes sense. Um. So yeah. Uh. He he shares these vehicles and stuff with them and. In the course of the fight with the giant Hydra Hydra, um, the one of the things that ends up happening is that Diana uses this car as a weapon. She doesn't even use the car as the weapon, which kind of pissed me off. Like the way they set it up is she drives it off a cliff at the at the Hydra, and you think that she's gonna drive the thing into like the mouth, the opening of the Hydra. But what she does is jump from the the jeep. Then the jeep just falls to the ground, and then she uses her sword to stick, to slice open the side of the hydra, throw in one of the gas clean tank uh, uh, portable tanks that she grabs, and then that for some reason explodes because that's not exactly what gasoline does. But uh, I mean, gasoline is combustible. It's it is, not propane. Exactly, it is combustible, <laughs> but it 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 would have like lit on fire. They were had to, the way that it ex- explodes in the the book is like if there was something else inside the hydra <laughs> that then explodes hypercaustic blood that reacts really weird sure it's like magnesium blood when you put like magnesium in water how it just like <laughs> get like gets all fired that's it that's what this is. i do i do think that there are some liberties taken on this one um and again further it heightens my idea that this is something that's happening up in her dome piece because Not in reality, because even if you take into account what we find out later when Hippolyta gives her the, the I know I'm going out of order, Stephen. I'm sorry. Oh, you're okay. That, like they, they they fight the the Hadra. Someone says, "Wow, these guts look like human guts." And then they go to the island. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah. When she gets to the, the island, Hippolyta is <laughs> like, uh, "Oh yeah, the the Hydras are us because we're immortal Amazons and the nuclear you know radiation changed us, mutated us." Okay, well then, why is it that she's able to cut into the hydras? Like, why are they able to die if they're immortal? Like, the whole point was that they changed, they mutated because they were immortal. I, I don't know. It just, I think your simulation uh, theory is is more more on point. The more I think about it, like it doesn't make it's, sense for the stuff. It's to go Brainiac back. the whole time. It could be Brainiac. Honestly, it's still definitely possible. Does anyone is anyone's name an acronym? Does anyone see a name in here so far? Tau could be an acronym. Yeah, Tau could be an acronym. D could be could, an acronym. Are there any amb- like anagrams? <laughs> Shit. I'm trying uh, to think of who else might be. Edog isn't. Also, you got your answer that Edog is indeed a man in this one. Did I? Yeah. Um. When when she leaves the group. Uh-huh. Uh, she says like Edog, you'll be in, you'll be in the leader. And Edog's like, wait, what? I have never. And she's like, uh, of all of like, uh, I've done many good men. You re- remind me of all of. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a man. 
I, I feel like that's saying a lot. Like, I don't think the other person who was raised with women and thinks women are like, like top tier powerful people, you know, and anything is going to be like, you remind me of all the powerful men I've met. I, you, I, I understand <laughs> not, what you're saying. Not the powerful women. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I did look at that line and I was like, is she saying that she's a, that Ed Dog's a man or that she just, that Ed Dog just reminds her of, of Batman and, and, and Superman kind of thing. I, that, I honestly, that's fair. Like that's definitely the stature. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the idea that there was all like I understand there's a lot of Amazons on on Themyscira, but the horde that we saw in the first book attack the the stadium that they were staying in that's a that was a lot more than than I thought you you would have seen that would have made it all the way over to the United States <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Here's I, another theory pitch. What if it's a drama, uh, like a dramatized retelling that we're getting? So all these numbers are skewed way up. So it's like three hundred when you have the one dude just telling the story to everybody else. I'll take that, that one yes, too. I, I like that. Who's going to be telling the story? D. Ed Dog. Ed Dog. Oh, who also lost an eye, just like in three hundred. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know who would be the one telling the story. I mean, we definitely see some some deaths that, if this were like a regular story situation, I'd be like, well, well, damn, because they they killed the hell out of Tal. Oh shit! Yeah, Nubia, Nubia just came in with that sword like from behind. Like he just stops talking before the sword even <laughs> goes through him. And I was like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, bam! Big old yeah. sword. It was like honestly, the deaths in here when they choose to brutal. show something like get torn or anything like like damn. Yeah. <laughs> also, you guys like wrestling, both of you? Yes. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I really there's, enjoy. It. There's a big homage to wrestling in this comic. Is there? In the fight between uh, Nubia that we're going to get to, uh, Nubia and Cheetah. Yes. She yes. gets suplex. Yeah, she does. So good. It is, uh, but. I, I'm getting off of the events anyway. Uh, so um, this uh, like the massive hydra attack thing happens. They they go to Themyscira and there's an exchange between um, Hippolyta, who is still on the island, um, Nubia, who is still on the island, but doesn't seem like normal Nubia, doesn't speak. Um, and while they're in the like, uh, Diana gets pointed by Nubia down to the catacombs, and in the catacombs, that's where we see Hippolyta. But she has also seemingly been mutated by this situation. Um, like you had said, Mitch, she says that humans bombed them uh, and that mutated everyone. They can't die because they're of the gods, but they changed. Um, and she is real heckin' bitter about it. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the way that they've changed, like uh, Nubia has like her face is kind of like melted I, I don't I actually had a very hard time look uh, at seeing the details on Nubia's face but uh mm. Hippolyta has like a human body from the torso up but then from the torso down it's a uh, slithering snake serpent kind of thing yeah she's like Resident Evil like Plagas monster yes it's an odd one yeah um I don't know so, that's the part that's really the part that was the off-ramp for me in this this issue where luckily it ended just a couple pages afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I, things came together really fast, but 
I also felt felt like it fell off a cliff at the same time. Yeah. I definitely need a book three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read book three because I want to know where it goes, but not as as enthused about it as I was on the back of, of book one. There's some things I know I had said that I preferred book. I think it was book two to book one. Yeah, which I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I liked it. I think I liked it because of the rip and tear art that was in this one. Okay. It was in book two where it was just like the the fighting is fighting. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the people getting got, they are got. Like this, Mm -hmm. it does a really good job of making things feel permanent. Okay. And I I think, I think that's what I enjoyed about it so much. The story itself, maybe not so much. This one's kind of like lackluster, but uh, I need a book three. Do you know how many books there are supposed to be of this story? For some reason, in my mind, I've always thought five or six, but I don't think there's anything that says that anywhere. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I I just always felt like it's going to be a short run. And the the artist and writer himself, he does kind of specialize in short series. I mean, is it possible that it's only a three book series? I suppose. I I don't know. He hasn't. He didn't mention book four in any of his recent YouTube videos. He's been posting a lot of drawing videos and stuff, uh, but he did directly mention issue three. So I don't know. Okay. Cause I mean, it really I does not, it really does feel like the next issue is going to be the end no, to me. At least it feels like <clears throat> this is the middle part of the story. There's the, here's your, the end of your second act where everything looks uh, very much down and uh, the book three will come out and we'll, we'll have the big reveal or turn or whatever you want to call it. And then the climax and end. I mean, I could see that being the case. Like if we're just thinking about like just publishing sizes for books, I would imagine it being either like three or six issues, you know, mm-hmm. like there, there's no, there's no like middle ground in my mind on that one. That's fair. Say, if it is a trilogy, I understand it now because this one does have really strong Empire Strike Backs feels <laughs> as far as like, all right, let's just hurry up and get to Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's definitely a bridge. Yes. Because uh, the first one, if we're going with this, A New Hope, yeah, awesome. I'm great. This is great. Let's see what happens. Okay, I'm kind of down. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll finish it. Wait, this was great. Someone did get hands cut off in this one. Oh, it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, there's like this, like they have that whole moment where like we see uh, Hippolyta being really bitter and Diana kind of having all of the thoughts of Hippolyta kind of like shoved into her mind mm-hmm. in a very unrealistic to me scene. Uh, it's it, it seems like, like an episode of Star Trek where something's happening and then someone like Data wakes up and he's like, like Captain, I had the weirdest dream. Like I, I don't know, um, but they they go to leave there, and Nubia goes to like stop them, and of all people, Cheetah rides in on Pegasus. On Pegasus, he's also lightly mutated. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. You're absolutely right. So I, I just at that point we see Diana is having this like crisis of conscience, I guess is what I would call it. Yeah. She's saying like, I should have trusted you. You should have trusted me. D yells back at her. Like you, you brought us here, you know, like you gave us hope. Uh, and then Diana flies away. Yeah. It's breaking the altruism of the character thus far. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it, like doing a complete 180 on on what we know about the character so far in this. So uh, one one thing I, w- I wanted to kind of backstep a little bit. I know that this Diana that we're following doesn't have any memory like before waking up in the tube. Like, mm-hmm. Other than, I mean, I guess she does have some memory. She knows about that mascara. She knows about her mom and stuff like that, but she has no idea why she was in that, that canister. Mm-hmm. If the whole world is dead because the rest of man's world turned on uh, Themyscira, why was Wonder Woman in a tube in Batman's basement? Like, I don't understand how you get to that point. Like, she would have picked one side or the other, right? She would have picked, I fight with man's world or I fight with my my sisters on Themyscira. I, I kind of took it as being that there was a massive global conflict, um, like thing like humans fighting amongst, amongst humans initially. Uh-huh. Then after the fact, there's like one pure untouched place. That's the mascara. Mm-hmm. They try to take that to reclaim some life or whatever. And the, the mascara says, no, fuck off. They have their whole conflict. And then they choose to attack them because what else have humans been doing this whole time? You know? That's when that stuff happens. Hmm. But why? What's the importance of waking up in Bruce's basement? If she is like the savior of the world, like if there's some bigger plan, why not put her out on the watchtower? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe there are. And why? Like, like maybe, why doesn't she have the full access to her powers? Like, did it, where's where's John this whole time? Yeah, like John John's. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. like. Where, I, I, have, I have questions. There are why, a lot of questions. Uh, there's more no questions. Like, yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, I the only thing that I can take from this one is like looking back at what's already happened and then theorize for myself yeah. and hope to God that they actually like DC doesn't just like collapse under its own like Warner Brothers weight and then they just never publish a comic again. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Like that would be the absolute worst. I was talking to a friend today about a series that had sold pretty well as far as I knew. Um, I forget the name of it right now. Uh, it was in like a, I think it was a, an image series. And at 15 issues in, they just axed it. Oh. Which is very unusual for image. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it does happen. If something just doesn't sell, it's up to the creators because everything in there is creator-owned books. So... Um, I don't know. I just to not know what happened after this would be the absolute worst. So may, refresh my memory at the end of book one, when, when Cheetah runs off, did she already have Pegasus? I don't think so. So yeah, that's just a new thing that just shows up like literal deus ex machina. Like uh, Diana's about to die at Nubia's hands. And then there's, cheetah with pegasus like yeah because because they're in the middle of nowhere like one how did cheetah know that they were there Two, you know where did she get pegasus from like this the the whole idea of this this not being real just becomes more and more apparent yeah it seems very insular to the things that immediately revolve around diana yeah so I I don't know. Do do you guys have any other theories? I can't have any other theories now. Want to now. see in this? 
it's a Star Labs run sleep study on Diana, and they're just trying to figure out how the hell Amazonians dream. So and <laughs> <laughs> that's it. She's gonna wake up like, what the hell? And they're like, wow, are you good? She's like, no. <laughs> so one thing that I am kind of going back to, which is uh, the idea, because they keep going back to the origins of baby Diana, I guess, like yeah, them, uh, Hippolyta making her. What if it's like Hippolyta going to the fates and saying, hey, if I have a daughter know what's what's the outcome kind of thing and this oh, is yeah. like one of the threads is well if you have a daughter this way if you know slashing the hands of all the gods and getting their dna this is where it could end it could end with her being the only one left in a planet that's dead i do like this idea again i think you're putting together real good ideas at the <laughs> end of these podcasts because that would be an interesting one like that would explain why all of the differences uh-huh and everything um, so seeing the different version of Diana, different, like the fact that Hippolyta's bitterness drove her to create this person in the first place. Mm-hmm. If the bitterness was the thing that motivated her consistently, there's a logical end to that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't see how this plays out. I mean, I, unless it's just, it's just a straight up like, Hey, this is a, this is a, an else world and you know, this whole world is its own thing. You don't have to worry about the ramifications anywhere else. Like, and then Diana just dies at the end. Of, like, we don't get any answers. She just dies. And we're just like, okay, well, that's the end of that world. Like, <laughs> we don't go back to it kind of thing. I, I wouldn't want that necessarily, even though I, I'm like the biggest proponent for Elseworld stuff. <laughs> I, I interrupted you, Ian, I think. No, no, no. You're good. But my biggest, okay, biggest question that's been raised for me during this podcast is if her bracers are meant to nullify her powers, she doesn't have them. Why does she not have her powers? Yeah, Yeah. I was wondering the exact same thing. Maybe they're inside her somehow? Like, Why is she not just punching through that Hadra? Yeah. Like, the things that got me to the idea of, like, a clone. You know, it's someone imperfect. mm -hmm. And, like, like, even if he was able to create her with something else, because I'm assuming Bruce would have been the one to do this. Um even if he was somehow able to make this, she doesn't have the initial magic of everything included in her. So yeah, she can be everything else about her, but she's not that one last missing bit. Oh, going back to a theory that I had last book with the whole, like um, the reason why Bruce creates a clone of Wonder Woman instead of a clone of Superman is it kind of goes along with why they would bomb Themyscira. Like what if Superman goes evil he kills a bunch of people, kills, you know, destroys countries and stuff like that. They finally defeat him, but it also kills Wonder Woman. But after the death of those two, like the rest of the world's like, well, we don't want any more superpowered people. And they just go around just like killing superpowered people, which also means all of the the island nation of Themyscira. Um, Bruce is okay because he's a man, like kind of thing. But he's like, no, nah, we still need, we still need diana we need a hero like that but he scales her powers mm-hmm. down I mean, it's the same possibility if there's some or oh man i hate to reference another another anime i'm sorry <laughs> mitch it's okay uh in in gurren lagan there's the whole thing there's like an overarching rule that's set up where it seems like 
the whole world is set up to just shove humans down below ground the whole time. There's like, like brutal population control things in some places. Um, and just no matter what, they're not, they're told not to go above ground. And as we go through the story, what we eventually end up finding out is that um, humans and like humanity kind of represents this idea of like eternal growth and ambition and it's too much. And the other beings of the universe want to stop humans. So they like just basically wreck shit up on humans. And then they tell them like not to, they, they try to institute rules and policies to make them stay lower and confined. So um, this like order is set up to stop them from getting bigger. What if this is something like that? And Diana's some force to break them out of something like this. Okay. If that makes any kind of sense the way that it, I described it. It, it. kind of does. It, it, yeah. yeah. Going off of Mitch's theory, that would explain why, like, the lanterns haven't come by Earth. Yeah. Like, that That would explain why, like, yeah, that, that would completely explain why a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, I don't know. It, the, the, end of the day, it could be none of these. It could, yeah, it could definitely be none of these at the end of the day, so... It, well, I mean, we'll have to just trust in the in the writer artist, like, which is fine. I, I'm I'm here for the rest of the journey, but I'm scared, man. <laughs> what if not good? <laughs> then we put this in the but what if not good pile that makes me cry every time I look at it, and we move on. <laughs> yeah, I, you just have to move on. I guess that's this just what it has to be. Do you <sighs> do you guys agree with the turn on her personality at the end of the book? Of, no. No. Yeah, it does. It seems it seems extremely out of out of character, right? Like and abrupt. The thing, the the one thing that I I chose to think of for it is that she did have the entirety of whatever this version of Hippolyta, kind of like forced onto her mm-hmm. with the whole like head holding thing. Her eyes went blank and whatnot. So I don't know if that's something that's supposed to be more substantial well also with the whole themiscare the whole island itself like they have that brief flashback where nubia is explaining or not nubia but some other guard is explaining to her that uh themiscara itself is is sinking or was it the water oh, yeah. is rising that's why yeah, it's up- they're experiencing climate change yeah it's climate change and, and the water is all the way up to the statue but then when we get to that point or we get to that statue again in the new dead earth there's no water around it at all. So what's the significance of that? Like what are they, are the polar caps, ice caps like freezing back over kind of thing? We we didn't see land masses in here. Humanity could have just wrecked an entire chunk of a continent and water went down. True. In some way, like the, the continent could have been reshaped. There could have been like a massive chunk of land that was pulled out of the earth. Um, and taken somewhere else. Ooh, that goes I, back I to Brainiac. Uh, it took a whole bottle city. I mean, it's. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility in DC. You know, <laughs> no, nothing. I is. just don't. I don't know if we get to a point where that's included in this. This feels again more like insulated. It feels like a whole bottle universe mm-hmm. for the story. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I hope good things. Me too. Um, and like, I don't know if you guys had anything else to say about the issue, but there is another little bit of DC comic stuff that I like, I was curious about. It's coming up here. Okay. 
so the writer of, well, one of the writers of Rogue One, Gary Whitta, uh-huh. and Greg Miller of Kind of Funny, they got together and they wrote a Batman story, well, Joker story, um, in one of like um, the big old, like a uh, collected kind of things where they'll have like 10 stories. Uh, for the Joker for the, the character's anniversary. It'll be coming out on June 9th. And that's definitely one that, um, since we don't have an issue three of Wonder Woman Dead Earth yet, I don't know if you guys wanted to go over that at all. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I I can be up for it. Because I, I, I love Gary Wooda. I love Greg Miller. <clears throat> so so. You're, you're all in for it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like Greg Miller's the whole reason that I even picked uh, Superman and American Alien, and like just based on his like extolling its virtues. Okay, um, I like it. Um, but I guess with that, like, thank you guys for joining me for this second part of this. Thanks for inviting me and turning me on to the story. Yeah, it was it was the as much as I didn't like the second book. Like looking back on it now, the art is what got me, but I don't regret the read. Mm. Okay. Like any negative opinions, I don't feel like affect whether or not I enjoyed reading it. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'm I'm in the same boat. I I this second issue, if if I wasn't a person who liked this artist and this like as a writer and artist, I wouldn't have continued. Really, I'd be like, this this is fine. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, Mitch, I definitely oh. think that that first issue is a solid starting off point. Like. I'm not not here to criticize anybody else's writing style or, uh, you know, writing in general. But like, I, I feel like this second book is really falling apart unless it, unless the the next couple issues just really, like, says, ah, you thought one thing, but this is what actually is happening, kind of thing. Like, other than that, it's it, it's this second book's kind of falling apart story wise. I agree. Yeah, it's got to be a bridge. Yeah. So if anybody wants to find or to, to listen to uh, like the, the first episode of this podcast that we mentioned or any other podcast series you might have, where could they find that? So you could definitely check out uh, archive episodes of this podcast in the first uh, uh, part of this podcast on our website, geeklymedia.com. Uh, like uh, Ian, where can we find you on the end? If you want to find me on the internet. Come say, hey, what's up? You can find me over on Twitter at EMFLUX12. That's I-A-N-F-L-U-X. The number's one and two. Also, while this whole self-quarantine thing's going on, uh, I'm streaming like every day. So come be a part of that over at twitch.tv slash EMFLUX, I-A-N-F-L-U-X. Mitch, if they wanted to find out any more of your like just encyclopedic knowledge of anything or hear you like read your writings and not hear your dulcet tones where could they find you on you the can, internet you can definitely find me on twitter uh see the little bit of snippets of uh insanity that i like to put out there in the world mitchipedia gem is my twitter handle gem stands for geek elite media uh, you can find me across all social media as either peppermint gentleman or peppermint gent uh mitch there's there's a phrase that we like to say here with, with geek elite what is that phrase? So uh, this has been overtime on the geek on the Geeks Watch for the Geek Elite Media Network, saying always remember to geek, geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.